0: the Capitalism and Freedom in the 21st Century podcast, where we talk about the economy, markets, and public policy. I'm uh, John Hartley, your host. It's uh, February 2020, and it's exactly 40 years since the popular Free to Choose PBS series with Milton Friedman originally aired on PBS. Um, I'm joined by my first guest, um, Rob Chatfield, who is president and CEO of the Free to Choose Network, Uh, the nonprofit that was uh, originally uh, responsible for the series. Um, Rob, tell us a a bit about yourself and uh, the history behind the Free to Choose Network.
1: Uh, First, John, thanks so much for having me here and great to see you again. Uh, About two and a half years ago, I took over as president of the Free to Choose Network from a guy named Bob Chittister. And Bob Chittister was actually the original creator and producer of the Free to Choose series. And a funny little side note was I uh, I saw an advertisement on LinkedIn for the job position. I thought, free to choose. It's got to be Milton Friedman. What else could it be? And uh, sure enough, I think that's why I got the job was because I was the only guy who had actually done the reading beforehand to know who Milton Friedman was. Um, uh, Shockingly enough, though, I think most people, as I said, listening to your podcast, especially are going to be big fans of Milton Friedman uh, and would be surprised to know that there's still a lot of younger people out there who list Milton Friedman as one of their top uh, influencers in terms of the, uh, company itself. The nonprofit was actually started about five years after free to choose. So the film itself was produced for PBS. Uh, and then afterward, uh, Bob Chittister uh, had done some other work before actually launching what is now the free to choose network as a official nonprofit organization, really dedicated to doing uh, those three things that Milton Friedman really espoused, which was individual freedom, economic freedom and political freedom. And Milton was key to point out that you needed to have all three of these in order for a society to thrive. Uh, it wasn't enough to just have economic freedom. For example, you see that uh, around the world today where people have economic freedom, uh, but they don't have any political freedom or they don't have any personal freedom. Um, the same thing, you could have somebody who said, well, there's a great degree of political freedom in certain places, but they have no ability uh, to choose what their living is. So I think that those three concepts are what Bob was really looking for, and, uh, and I'm, I'm the standard bearer today. Thank you.
0: That's, uh, that's wonderful. Um, and what's incredible, too, I think, about uh, the Free Choose Network is that it's still producing PBS series. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about uh, uh, some of uh, uh, the more recent um, series that you've worked on? Uh, And and those that are actually being broadcast today that our
1: listeners could potentially tune into. Well, the biggest one that's out right now is a three-hour series on PBS called A More or Less Perfect Union. And this features host Judge Douglas Ginsburg from the D.C. Circuit Court. Uh, And this one really is about personal and political freedom, uh, along with economic freedom. People don't realize the reason we got a country called the United States was because people couldn't trade back and forth. There was no interstate commerce. Everything was just a hodgepodge network of uh, you didn't know what was going to happen from state to state. And so commerce was actually the beginnings of the U.S. Constitution. Prior prior to that, we had uh, a film that we released called Sweden Lessons for America. And in this Sweden film, uh, people would be surprised to learn that Sweden is not a socialist paradise. Uh, much to the chagrin of some of the uh, current candidates out there who uh, are are espousing this uh, concept called democratic socialism. Well, what does that really mean? And they like to say they're fond of saying, well, we don't mean that old fashioned socialism. This is the newer socialism. But Sweden uh, and the Nordic countries are what they usually hold up as the model of this. And in our film, we showed exactly how it happens. Sweden is a capitalist free trading country that just so happens to have a very high tax system for its poor and middle class so that the poor and middle class support the poor and middle class welfare system
0: so i, I guess the idea being uh you know the, the there's a, a key distinction between uh what is a uh, you know traditionally known as a you know a socialist uh, uh is by definition one that uh, controls the the means of production and in, in that uh you know, perhaps uh maybe a country like uh say you know, the current Venezuelan state or, say, North Korea, um, that that is a, a, a very stark contrast from, say, uh, uh, a state like Sweden that just has a, a much larger uh, tax and transfer kind of system. I'm, I'm curious, Rob, getting back to Milton Friedman here, um, why do you think Milton Friedman um, was such a great uh, communicator of, of ideas? Um, I, I think we have a lot of really brilliant um, academics up there today, um, but I think that there are very few who... Um, are able to capture the public imagination and, and influence policymakers in the same way that Milton Friedman did. Um, I'm curious, what, what do you think was, uh, you know, uh, what made him special as a communicator? Maybe this was being an economist first, um, but I'm curious, um, in, in as far as um, your interest in uh, becoming uh, the CEO and president of the Free to Network, I'm curious, what, what was it about
1: Milton Friedman that first captivated you? Um For myself, and you had two different questions in there, too. So for myself, I'm a finance guy. And so I actually know Milton Friedman from the monetary history of the United States. So uh, funny that that would be my first exposure to Milton Friedman. Uh, And then I got to learn more about him as I studied finance and economics through my younger years. But why was Milton such a great communicator? I think it's a whole different question. Uh, Because for me, I actually didn't own a television Uh, So I never saw Milton Friedman, the communicator. I'd only read Milton Friedman, the author. Uh, I've subsequently learned, though, that Milton Friedman would tell you that it all goes back to uh, when he was with the National Resources Committee. And he got into a discussion one time with a woman named Faith Williams. And uh, Milton clearly said he lost his temper. And he accused her of essentially doing something wrong, not having her facts straight, whatever it was. The next day Milton realized that it was in fact he that was wrong and he made a point that he was going to change his behavior in terms of how he interacted with people from that day on. And it was probably the real component that made him such a compelling speaker was his always when, when you see him on film, especially like this guy's always got a smile on his face. He always seems to be happy when someone's debating him. He doesn't tell a person that's a stupid question. He might help the person rephrase the question by by giving an answer that says, well, this is a, a ridiculous answer to the question. But if you rephrase your question like this, now what would it be? So that was Milton's communication skill was that concept that. Unlike most economists of the time who were put-down artists, always wanted to see could they put down the other economists? Could they get that upper hand? Uh, Milton was much more cognizant of the fact that he he could make mistakes, and therefore he was always going to be kind and more kind to the next person.
0: It's uh, absolutely fascinating. I think it's um, it's it's unbelievable um, to me um, how I think many of uh, uh, Milton's most famous. Um, videos and, and uh, public statements still uh, tend to go viral uh, today, and I think um, many would argue that a lot of those arguments are are, are, are very timeless in many ways. Um, I, I think everything from, uh, say, uh, universal basic income to cryptocurrency to taxation to monetary policy, these were all issues that Milton Friedman um, spoke about. He talked a lot about um, income inequality, he talked a lot about um he talked about a lot about the role of government. He talked a lot about um, socialism. I think all these ideas that I think are now um, back in uh, in the news, whether it's you know, occupational licensing or uh, or any of those topics, he spoke about and, and wrote about um, frequently. Um, I'm curious um, now that we're kind of forty years um, on from the Free to Choose series. Is there anything in particular about uh, um, the original series? Um, or or about this anniversary that
1: I think is important that that you want to highlight? I think it's giving a little bit, John, of what happened to get the series started in the first place. And I say this because um, most people don't know the history of free to choose and why it got started as a series. But at the time, there was a 13-hour series on PBS called The Age of Uncertainty, uh, written and presented by John Kenneth Galbraith. And at the time, the uh, person in charge of the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, which is actually a presidential appointee, was a guy named Alan Wallace. And Alan Wallace is probably the least well-known of three famous Chicago economists, George Stigler and the other one being uh, Milton Friedman, of course. And Alan, at the time, was at the University of Rochester in upstate New York, about, oh, a couple hours away from this little town in Pennsylvania called Erie, Pennsylvania. And somebody suggested to Alan that maybe he learn about this guy who just founded this PBS station, Erie, Pennsylvania. And that guy, of course, was Bob Chittister, as I said, the creator and original producer of this series. And, and your
0: predecessor is, uh, is President CEO as well. And,
1: and so, as I said, uh, Alan's the one who made the introduction to Bob. Bob was the one who always knew with regards to the fact that you've got to be able to tell stories. And that's how the stories are going to be told and or, or how the message is going to get across. So being a master storyteller. Milton, by the way, said, I'll do this, but only if there's no script. I'm just going to stop, just going to talk straight to the camera. That's going to be uh, not so much improvised. There, there could be several takes, but it wasn't going to be Milton reading off of a script. It wasn't going to be boring. And the concept of uh, Milton going around the world and uh, going and filming these things here to show, you know, here's capitalism in action, here's what freedom looks like in action and where things are wrong uh, and where things could be improved, I think is uh, an important component of the show. And I bring all this up because the next most important part was if you remember the original series, there was 30 minutes of Milton going around the world doing stuff and then the debates where they'd get people from all sides uh, to discuss, essentially, the issue that was discussed within that program. And those debates were fiery. And we got, as I said, you'd get the, you know, the teach, teachers union leader going up against Thomas Sowell talking about public education. You know, to me, these are some of the more riveting moments with regards to this project. What people don't realize is the only reason those debates were included was because when PBS looked at the program, they says, what are you going to do for balance? And Bob responded, well, this program is a balance to the 13 hours you did on John Kenneth Galbraith. And they says, oh, no, that was even-handed. But this Milton Friedman stuff, this is too far out there. So, um, I, and I mention all of this here as backstory because I think if you try to figure out why is this still relevant today, what's going on today, if you pull up those original episodes, they can be distilled down into essential truths that were as true 40 years ago as they are today. And if you go back and look at the debate scenes, we're still arguing about the same stuff they were arguing about 40 years ago. Uh, many of the things that Milton had suggested that have been implemented have led to improvement. So
0: it's, re- it's really amazing. I, I remember um, just having rewatched uh, uh, some of uh, the series recently. Uh, yeah, I, re- I remember some of the scenes with uh, uh, Milton Friedman in, in uh, Hong Kong and uh, in, in other places around the world going into various factories and, and uh Really, uh, really compelling. Then, yeah, of course, the debates. And and it's amazing to see um, people like um, Tom Sowell, who are uh, obviously today um, very, very um, influential and and, uh, very well-known today, how they, uh, in many respects, got their careers, uh, in part, started um, by that uh, that series, uh, which started uh, at the very beginning of the 1980s. You you think about this decade of uh, of prosperity and and, uh, the rise of... um, of Wall Street and, and, and thinking of uh, the expansion of capital markets and, and really just um, unbelievable how uh, all of that was, uh, everything behind Free to Choose was really set in motion even before that. Um, and I think in many respects, it, it, it had an, uh, an enormous amount of influence um, during the 1980s. Um, well, well, thank you so much, Rob, for joining us and uh, really a, a pleasure to have you on and, uh, and to really celebrate uh, uh, 40 years um, since uh, the original Free to Choose series. Um, I should direct anyone that's interested to uh, either Free to Choose or um, anyone that's interested in um, related ideas um, to the Free to Choose network. um, You can find them, Um, not only can you find them online, but uh, they have um, a fantastic um, podcast of their own. They also have um, several wonderful things like uh, Milton Mondays, in um, other series as well, um, like uh, Johan Norberg's uh, Dead Wrong as well, which uh, you can listen into. Uh, and they also have uh, their own uh, Instagram and, and uh, presence on, on Facebook as well. And I highly recommend that you follow them there. Thank you so much again, Rob, for joining us. Uh, again, this is the uh, Capitalism and Freedom in the Twenty-First Century podcasting.